Well, hey everyone, thanks for checking out this message from Journey Church. These resources are so awesome to have when you're out in nature like we are and you gotta go be outside on these nice days. However, we want you to know that there is nothing better than true fellowship with believers and live worship with your fellow Christians. So be sure to use this message only in conjunction with getting fed in a community of believers. Hey, we also want you to get connected with us, so be sure to text the word CONNECT to 307-271-9160 so that you can stay in the loop with everything happening at Journey Church and get notifications about upcoming events. Hey, we pray that this message encourages you and inspires you as you continue this life on your walk with Jesus. All right, well, it's a treat to have the kids be able to share with us a little bit of what they experienced. Uh, I want to share with you just a little bit of the statistics uh, from our VBS this past week. We had, um, it was about 251 kids that came through the door here. Uh, the highest day was... Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Highest day was 233, but overall 251 different kids who came through the door. And uh, with that, there were 92 people who volunteered and were a part of this. So we could not have this without the volunteers that we have. So if you are in here and you volunteered this past week, would you please stand up? Uh, we just want to recognize you here today. So there should be a bunch of you standing up here today. We are so grateful for you. Thank you for being willing to give of your time and energy. It is a draining week. It is a lot of work, and all of our volunteers were, I'm shocked that you're here today because of being so exhausted after uh, what you went through this past week. But we are grateful for you. We are thankful for you for all of the time and the effort and the energy you put into planting seeds into the hearts of these kids that hopefully one day turns into a deep, profound, loving relationship with Jesus. And so we are very, very thankful for all that you did. Our kids also uh, took an offering. It became a competition between uh, the boys and the girls. The competition turned out to raise a total of $2,388, um, <clears throat> which was awesome. And those funds will be given towards some different missions organizations and for missions purposes that really focus on children and children's ministry. I also just mention, and, and she's not in here now, but I just want to recognize my, my wife. Uh, I'm not doing this to earn points in any way. Um, <clears throat> though if you want to say something, that's okay too. Um, but my wife, uh, who heads up children's ministry, is, is a volunteer ministry. Um, she puts in about 500 plus hours per year of volunteer work between children's ministry and vacation Bible school. And none of that would have really been accomplished without her putting in that effort. So I'm thankful for her and all that she does. So thank you. <clears throat> Again, not saying that to earn points, but uh, if it turns out to earn me some points, I'm not going to complain in any way. Uh, all right. This microphone. Hold on. 
All right, nothing like everybody in the room staring at me while I try to get this microphone adjusted. All right, let's get into the Word of God today. We are in Ephesians chapter 5. We have made it all the way to chapter 5. If you have a Bible and you want to follow along in your Bible or on your phone uh, or a tablet, that is perfectly great. And I'd encourage you to take notes over the things that we talk about in Ephesians. I do want to make mention, as Pastor Grant already did, but happy Father's Day to those that are fathers in this place or those that have a father, make sure you wish them a happy Father's Day. Um, And, you know, our our fathers may have not been perfect, but they did the best that they possibly could with the uh, maybe limited abilities or resources that they had. So there's things that we can choose to be thankful for uh, toward our fathers. And uh, hopefully you are a good father. And uh, you have maybe even broken some cycles that you have become a father to your children in a way. Maybe you didn't receive that, but maybe you're that kind of a dad. We ultimately have a father in heaven who is the ultimate picture of what a father is. A father who says that you can call him Abba. That means that you can have the most intimate of relationships. You can have the closest of relationships, so much so that he's not just a distant God and distant father, but he is your, he's your Abba. He's your dad. He's your daddy in your life, and we're thankful for that. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, we are, it's almost like Paul is kind of wrapping up a thought of what it means to walk. Now, next time when we get further into Ephesians, we're going to start looking at relationships, how this walk will affect your marriage, how it will affect your parenting, how it affects your work relationships. We're going to look at that. Paul's going to talk about that. But today, Paul's going to summarize these statements of learning how to walk. Now, if you're visiting with us today, Ephesians is divided into those three sections, sitting, walking, and standing. We've learned to sit. That's to receive from God, to hear from him, to receive from him forgiveness and acceptance and the love that he has, the grace that he has. Then Paul is going to shift gears in Ephesians 4 verse 1, where he's going to tell us now, get up and walk. It's time to start walking. Here's what he says. Again, this is the context verse. Therefore, I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you were called. Paul is urging us to walk. It's time to live out Christianity in your life. If you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, I have been forgiven by him, you can't stay the same. You change and you walk it out in your life as you go forward. Things about life radically change when Christ enters into our hearts. He says this, this walk is going to be with complete humility, gentleness, patience, and it's going to require putting up with one another in love. And that's the real challenge that I've been challenging all of us to do. Are you doing that? Are you walking with humility and gentleness and patience? And are you putting up with each other in love? Overlooking faults. We all have faults. We all can be irritating at times. We all can be hard to deal with at times. Just look in the mirror and you'll see yourself and realize this is not the easiest person in the world to love. We require putting up with each other in love, giving grace to each other, showing kindness and acceptance to each other. Being willing to forgive the little things that irritate us. That's what Paul says. Well, today, what we're going to look at in chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, the title is Walk This Way. Let's pray and get into God's word this morning. 
Father God, help us to walk in a manner that's going to be worthy of you. Lord, in your word today, you're going to show us that Jesus walked with a sweet aroma. He was a sweet aroma to the perishing around him. He was a sweet fragrance rising up to you in the way that he demonstrated life. And we are called to walk just like that, to be a sweet smelling fragrance to those around us. That we are, we are a medicine to people that are perishing. That we are hope and encouragement to those that are broken and lost. We are full of grace as we minister. That's what we want to be, Lord, because that's what you were. Help us, Lord, to walk in a manner today as we look at this in a way that's worthy of you. Help us to walk in imitation of you. Help us to walk in the light that you offer. Help us to walk with wisdom, Lord. Help us to see your truth. Father, show us your word. Convict us, encourage us, and help us as we study this together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, it's really important to walk worthy. It's important to walk the way Jesus walked. It's important to really understand what we are stepping in in life because what we are stepping in matters. Other people are following. They're watching you. They're seeing you. If you are a proclaimer to say, I follow Jesus, people are seeing that and they're, they're, they're following you. They're seeing what you do. What you step in matters. You know, it makes me think of when you're a parent and I remember my parents doing this. They will give warnings. They want to protect you. So they'll give all kinds of warnings to you. Um, as you're a little child, they will say, be careful. Watch where you're stepping. Watch what you're doing. In fact, it doesn't just stop as little kids. I'm 52. My mom still calls me and says, be careful. Watch what you're doing. It never stops. They're always warning because they want you to be protected. And they want you to be watched over. I remember as a kid, I think I was about seven years old, I got a brand new set of football cleats. Now, these were awesome because these football cleats were going to make me the equivalent of a pro football player in my mind as I would play around in them. And I was so excited to have these football cleats that I had gotten. Well, the cleats were there, and I put them on, and I decided I was just going to wear these everywhere I went because I wanted to be a football player. I would wear these cleats, and I remember one day, I wore the cleats, and I went to a, it was a Bible study for kids that was happening at our local church. <clears throat> I wore these cleats, and I went into the Bible study this one particular afternoon, and I had run through the fields as I had gotten my way to the class, and I was pretending to make catches and outrun the defense as I was dodging and weaving and making my way toward the end zone, and everything that was going on in a little seven-year-old mind. I got into the class and I sat down and we were a part of this. And I remember this to this day, even though it was a long time ago in that class. And I noticed a smell and it was not a good smell. It was in fact, a very awful smell that I was smelling. And I looked at the kid next to me and I kind of scooted away from the kid next to me thinking this kid does not smell right. And I, as I scooted over, the smell was still just as strong as ever before. 
And I looked at the kid on the other side, thinking, well, maybe it's the kid on the other side. So I scooted the other way. And it was just as strong as before. Well, come to find out, the smell that I was smelling was coming from the bottom of my new football cleats that I had received. These new football cleats, I looked later, and I had stepped in a deposit that a dog had made somewhere in the fields that I had run through. And that smell was wafting up everywhere that I went. And I had really wished that day that I had been very careful about where I stepped. Because that would have led to less embarrassment than I felt because of what I had stepped in. The same warning is what Paul gives us today. Be careful where you step. Be careful what you're stepping in. Because where you step and what you are stepping in are the things that are going to go with you everywhere you go. As we've gone through this study so far, in the section of learning to walk, Paul has said these things. Walk worthy. Don't walk like the Gentiles, the pagans do. Don't walk the way you've always been. Instead, be transformed. Deal with your anger. Deal with your lying. Deal with your stealing. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but put up with each other in love. Today, we're going to see three more aspects that he is going to wrap up this walking with He's going to say today, walk in love, walk in light, and walk in wisdom. Let's read these verses, and then we're going to come back and break these down one section at a time. But let's read all 20 of the verses here this morning. Here's what Paul says. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. Section number one, walk in love. Just as Messiah also loved us and gave himself up for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a fragrant aroma. But sexual immorality and any impurity or greed, don't even let these be mentioned among you, as is proper for the holy ones, the saints, the Kedoshim. Obscene, coarse, and stupid talk are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. Know for certain that no immoral, indecent, or greedy person who is really an idol worshiper at heart has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ, of Messiah and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's judgment comes on the children of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For once you were darkness, but now, in union with the Lord, you are light. Walk as children of light. That's section number two. For the fruit of light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord... Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is disgraceful even to mention the things that are done by them in secret. Yet everything exposed by the light is being made visible, for everything made visible is light. This is why it says, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Messiah will shine on you. That's a quote out of the book of Isaiah. So pay close attention to how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise. That's the third section. Make the most of your time because the days are evil. For this reason, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. 
Do not get drunk on wine, for that is recklessness. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. Let's start with the first section. First section, Paul is going to say this. He's going to say, walk in love. Walk in love. Now, we take Bible study very seriously at Journey. That's why I go through books of the Bible as I am preaching. I want you to be grounded in the Word of God. Now, we often say that we want the knowledge of God to move from your heart or your head down to your heart. Move it from here to here. It's not just knowledge in my head. It becomes part of who I am. It becomes the motive of my heart. What Paul is saying, though, is don't just move it from here to here, he's saying, I want you to move it from here to here. This is where I want it to move. Come from your head to your feet so that the gospel, as it were, is wrapped in shoe leather. That it becomes part of how you live out life and how you walk through life. The first thing that Paul is going to say is walk in love. Let's look at the statement that Paul makes and describe what this statement is. Paul says this, therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love. Let's talk about what this means. The word imitator in the Greek language is the word mimitas, and it's, from, it's where we get our word mimic. A mimic is somebody who copies the old idea of a copy machine or a fax machine was really a mim mimicking machine, a mimeograph or a mimic, I don't know if that's the right word, but a mimicking machine. It's something that produced a copy. The first statement that Paul wants us to understand is that I want you to be a mimicker of the Father. Well, how can I possibly know what the Father did? How can I understand what the Father does? Well, he's going to say this. The way you can possibly know is look to Jesus. You look to Jesus. Jesus is the representation of God. Mimic him. Do exactly what he did, and that's how you walk in love. The word love, as you would probably agree with me, there is no other topic in history in which more songs or more poems are written about a topic than the topic of love. In the Greek language, there are four different words for the word love. In the English language, there's just one. And so in our culture, there's a lot of confusion about the idea of love. And for example, you could say, I love my wife. I love my children. I love airplanes. I love Marie Callender's key lime pie. And I love God. And all of those are true and accurate statements. And all of those are out of the same love. But I would dare to say that I cannot elevate Marie Callender to the same level as God. Because that would be taking her to a level she doesn't belong. And it would be to denigrate God and bring him down to a level that he doesn't belong. It's very, very different. Paul's saying this, I want you to walk in the love of God. 
Not in a selfish love. In our culture today, most people who would say, I love you, that's not really what they mean. Most often today, the words, I love you, are really, I lust you. That's how it's usually interpreted today. I love me and I want you. That's what most people believe that love is today. God's idea of love is different. It is sacrificial. It is unconditional. It is a giving, other-focused, other-influenced uh, other love. It has nothing to do with the thing, <clears throat> the object that's being loved. It has everything to do with who God is himself. God wants us to love him. <clears throat> How can you love God? <clears throat> Excuse me. How can you love God? Well, be a mimicker of him. Be an imitator of him. Do what he does. This is pretty appropriate for Father's Day. <clears throat> In Father's Day, you have kids and your kids may be mimickers of you. You ever found that to be really endearing and irritating at the exact same time? <laughs> it's like they are mimicking me. That's so cute. They want to do what I do. <clears throat> if you're working on a project... Maybe your little boy or your little girl, they want to have little tools with you as you're working on the project. They're little plastic tools, but they're following you because they want to mimic you. I remember when my son Andrew was just a little toddler. I would mow the backyard with a push mower, and we had a little pretend plastic bubble mower that he would follow me with. And he would follow the entire time as I'm mowing the backyard. I would push mow that thing, and he would be following me with his little bubble maker. And he always thought he was helping. He always thought he was doing something that was good. He wanted to mimic me. At the same time, I've heard things come out of his mouth. I'm thinking, why would you say that? Oh, I said that. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <clears throat> God says, I want you to imitate me. This is what walking in love is. It is to do what Jesus did. Walk in love just as Jesus, Messiah, also loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant, as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a fragrant aroma. Notice those words. He gave himself as an offering and a sacrifice. If you want to be an imitator of God, then do what Jesus did and give yourself to God as an offering and a sacrifice. Have you ever had that happen in your life where you said to God, I want to offer everything to you. I will sacrifice everything to you. It's no longer about me, God. It's all about you. I want to imitate you by living my life the way Jesus lived his life as an offering and a sacrifice. For most people, we don't want to be inconvenienced. We don't want to be bothered. I, I don't want to give too much. But that's exactly what Jesus did inconvenienced, bothered, constantly caring about others over himself. This is the picture of walking in love. In that day, <clears throat> it was an interesting process to make disciples. The disciples of Jesus' day were not just randomly chosen because they happened to be in the right location at the right time. A disciple of that day had to be worthy of the call to be a disciple. 
In fact, disciples in that day of other rabbis that were walking around the area, they first had to go through school, several levels of school, but they had to be the best of the best in the school. If they were the best of the best, they could potentially be chosen by a rabbi to be one of the rabbi's followers. Well, that was the ultimate dream job in Israel of the day of Jesus. Every school child wanted to be good enough to be selected by a rabbi. Because if you were good enough to be selected by a rabbi, you had your life made. You were going to be popular, important. You're going to be taken care of because they were seen as the rock stars, the superstars, the the ones of the day that everybody wanted to be like. Jesus picked followers. Now, the followers that Jesus picked weren't the traditional followers. They weren't the ones that had made the cut. They had actually not made the cut, but Jesus still chose them for a reason. Come and follow me. Be my disciple, and I will be your rabbi. The process of a rabbi and a disciple in that day was that the disciple would probably spend the next three, five, seven years with the rabbi every day. The disciples would follow their rabbi closely. They would walk with them, talk with them, eat with them. They would sleep together in that area. They would be doing everything together. The disciples would learn from the rabbi to do everything the rabbi said. They would follow everything the rabbi taught They would even emulate the voice of the rabbi. They would use certain voice tonal inflections. You know, pastors, especially young pastors, do this a lot. Young pastors who will have their favorite teachers, their favorite, the ones that they think are the superstar preachers, and young pastors will often copy the message, but not just the message, the tone of voice and the body language, and they will do it exactly because they think that other pastor is so, so great. Well, disciples of Jesus' day would walk and talk and eat and be with the rabbi almost 24 hours a day for three, five, seven-year periods of time. There was a famous saying that would happen in that day, and it was toward the disciples. And the saying was this, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. In other words, may you walk so closely with your rabbi that as they are taking a step, the dust that is being kicked up from their sandals is getting over you. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Paul says, you be an imitator of Jesus so closely that his dust is getting all over you. And you think how he thinks, and you feel how he feels, and you be motivated how he is motivated. If Jesus sacrificed, then you sacrificed. If Jesus loved unconditionally, you love unconditionally. If Jesus forgave, you forgive. The same things you saw Jesus do, you do that as well, because this is a fragrant aroma to God. In other words, it's a pleasant odor, aroma that rises to him. It was reminiscent of the incense that would burn in the temple. These pleasant odors that would rise into God's nostrils, as it were, and that he is pleased with. Do you know that the prayers of the saints are considered that? They're pleasant incense rising to God. 
You love, he says, as Jesus loved. You live your life as Jesus. You be an imitator of him. When I was a, a, a teenager, there was a famous ad campaign that started it was around the time that Michael Jordan just broke into the NBA. And the famous ad campaign was this, Be Like Mike. You guys remember that? Some of you. Some of you are way too young to remember those days. <laughs> Be Like Mike. And that idea was you act like Michael Jordan. You wear his shoes. You wear his clothes. You go play basketball like he does. And so I would have my... Air Jordans on. I would have the outfit on. I would lower the hoop so that it was just above here, about right here, and then I could slam dunk on it the way Michael does because my vertical was about this big compared to Michael Jordan's. You be like Mike. Well, that's not what Paul's saying. You, you be like Jesus. Are you being like Jesus? Are you offering your life? Are you sacrificing your life? Are you forgiving those who need to be forgiven? Are you loving the way Jesus did? If you did, you are an imitator of him. He goes on to say it this way. Therefore, walk in love as Messiah loved us. Don't let sexual immorality or impurity or greed, don't even let these be mentioned among you as is proper for the Kedoshim. In other words, can you imagine that coming out of Jesus? Would, would you imagine sexual immorality and impurity and greed coming out of Jesus? If you're modeling your life after him, they shouldn't be coming out of you. And then he says, don't let obscene language, coarse language, stupid talk gather in a room of guys and you will hear, hear stupid talk constantly. Don't let this come out of your mouth. This is not something you would imagine coming out of Jesus' mouth. Be an imitator of him. Don't let these things come out of your mouth. But instead, be filled with thanksgiving. Know for certain that no immoral, indecent, or greedy person that we just talked about, they're really an idol worshiper at heart, meaning they're really selfish and focused on themselves, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Jesus. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of such things, God's judgment comes on the children of disobedience. Don't be partners with them. Second thing he says is walk in light. Walk in love. Be an imitator of Jesus. Live your life the way Jesus did and walk in light. Here's what Paul says. For once you were darkness, but now in union with the Lord, you are light. Walk as children of light. I've had the, I've had, I want to, I don't want to call it a privilege because it wasn't. I've had the misfortune of having to go to Las Vegas one time in my life. I know a lot of people love Las Vegas. I just don't get it. I would much rather go to Hawaii. I would much rather go to Cancun. I would much rather go somewhere like that than I would go to Las Vegas. It is filled with lights everywhere you go. There's a lot of people that love going there. I know one of the famous sayings that comes out of that is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I, I want you to know something. No, it does not. It does not. Because God knows and sees everything. It's not like there's a blind spot in his radar detection system around Las Vegas that God doesn't see. He sees it. 
as I was there, having to be there for a conference, it was not a pastor's conference, by the way, that I had to be there for, clarify that, I was there for a conference, and I felt like this is a place of darkness. There is a tremendous amount of darkness. When you are filled with the light of God, you don't want to be in darkness. It's kind of like you wake up in the middle of the night and you have to use the restroom. And you're trying to, you've, you know your house, you know where everything is, but still, you're trying to grope your way through the house in the darkness. You ever done that? You're kind of shuffling your feet, and you're kind of feeling, because you know there's that one post that is there, and I, I want to make sure I don't hit it, so you're kind of feeling your way around. That's darkness. You're groping. And then the light comes on, and you can see it perfect. And then you know exactly where you need to step. That's Paul's warning to the people. Don't continue in the darkness after you have been set free. God came into your world and turned the light on. Don't turn it off and go back to the groping around after he has turned the light on. He says, do what is pleasing. Try to learn what's pleasing to the Lord. Isn't that the perfect example of Father's Day? Do you want to do what's pleasing to your father? God, I want to please you. I want to be a sacrifice for you. I want to be an offering for you. I want to walk in love, and I want to please you, God. If I'm pleasing you, then I won't have any part, he says next, of the fruitless deeds of darkness. Instead, I will start to expose them. It's disgraceful even to mention the things that are done by them in secret. This is why he quotes the Old Testament and he says, Yet everything exposed by the light is being made visible. Everything made visible is light. This is why it says, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Messiah will shine on you. The wake up moment. What I always think of with the wake up moment is the prodigal son story. You all know the story. You've heard the story. I'm sure probably everyone in here knows of the prodigal son. Even if you don't know the Bible very well, you've probably heard the story. The prodigal son wanted what was due him. He wanted his inheritance, but he did not want to have to weigh. Wait, it's my money. I want it now. That kind of attitude. Give me my money. He got the money. He went on and began to journey, it says, to a distant country. And in the distant country, he was doing things of darkness is what the Bible is in, uh, implying. He was walking in the deeds of darkness. And then he lost everything. It's like he had gone to Las Vegas, spent everything on partying and debauchery and things that he should not have been doing. And he lost it all. He was hungry, though. What am I going to do? I have nothing. I've lost it all. I've spent it all. I've gambled it all. I have, I have drank it all away. I've drugged it all away. What am I going to do? Well, he takes the only job he could find, feeding pigs. As he's doing this job of feeding the pigs, it says, when he came to his senses, he realized... I could go back to my father's house and I could ask for forgiveness and I could even just be a servant. I don't care, but I know that I could go there. That waking up moment is when you come to your senses. You ever been there? It's like I've hit rock bottom. How did I get here? 
I can't believe what I have done. I can't believe how far I have fallen, the depths that I have sunk to. What am I doing? And you wake up, O sleeper, and you rise from the dead, and Jesus meets you right where you're at. And when he meets you like that, and he exposes the darkness, you can't stay the same. He turned the light on. I can't go back and turn it off. Because if I do, that is foolishness. The light comes on. That's walking in light. Finally, walking in wisdom. And we'll close with this. So Paul clarifies all of it. And he says, so pay, pay, pay close attention to how you walk. Again, that has been the theme how, how are you walking? What's your walk like? Are you walking worthy? Are you putting up with one another in love? Are you walking in a way that's pleasing him? Have you dealt with your anger, dealt with your lying, dealt with your stealing? The words coming out of your mouth, have you dealt with that? Are you walking wise? Walk, not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of your time. Why? Because the days are evil. What does that mean? The days are evil. It means that we are living in an evil age. It is evil. Since the fall of man, the world has been filled with evil. And you cannot escape it. The days are evil, so use your brain. Let God transform your brain so that you make wise decisions. For this reason, do not be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen this or heard this story of how they will trap monkeys. You, you ever seen this? They, they will have a, a jar and they will have the jar probably chained to a tree of some kind. They have a jar and the opening for the jar is just big enough for you to take your hand or the monkey to take their hand and stick it down into the jar. In the jar, they will put the favorite kind of fruit that a monkey loves. I don't know what kind of fruit that is, but they'll put the favorite one that's in there. The monkey will reach their hand down into the jar and grab a hold of that fruit. But the fruit is too big and the fist is too big that they cannot pull it back out of the jar. The monkey traps themselves because they refuse to let the fruit go. If they just would let it go, they could pull their hand right out. But because the monkey loves the fruit so much, they hold it and they are trapped. Some of us in this room are trapped. And the problem and the reason that you're trapped is you won't let go. And the thing that you need to let go of may be that alcohol, that drug, that greed, that pride. And if you would just let it go and say, God, I want to please you, life would become free. But because you <clears throat> hold it and grab it, and won't let it go, Satan has you trapped. Paul wants us to walk worthy of God. In order to walk worthy of him, I've got to let go of the things that have been in my hands. Instead, I want to walk like Jesus. 
I want to offer myself, sacrifice myself, love others the way that Jesus loved. I don't want the darkness in my heart and in my life anymore. I want that out. Jesus, turn on the lights, and I don't want to turn them out again. I don't want to keep going back to the old stuff. I want to keep following you in what is new. Understand, he says, what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, for that is recklessness. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean, be filled with the Spirit? Let the Spirit of God take hold of your entire life. Surrender everything to the Spirit of God in the same way that alcohol can consume you and, you, and it will create a drunkenness in people. Be drunk on Jesus is what he's saying. Let that fill you and permeate you. If you've been around somebody who's been on a bender, for example, you will, you will smell the alcohol coming out of the pores of that person. Let the smell of Jesus come out of the pores rather than that smell of alcohol. Let this go and be filled with the Spirit of God. Then you will be speaking to one another in psalms and hymns. That's how you communicate. Singing, making music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Walk in a manner worthy of him. Walk in love Walk in light and walk in wisdom. Are you imitating him? If people looked at you, would they say, that's the kid of God? That's God's kid. I can tell that's God's kid. Listen to the way he talks. Look Look at how he acts. I can tell that's God's kid. You can't be that until he turns on the light. And until you finally let go of the things in your life that are trapping you and holding you down. Let's pray and we're going to close today. If you would like more prayer after our time these prayer tables are open for you and we'd love to be able to pray with you but let's pray together. Father God I pray that we would walk in a manner that is worthy of you, that brings honor and glory to you. That we would become imitators of you. That it would first be felt at home. That Our spouse, our wives, or our husbands would notice there's something different. You're different. You're kinder, gentler, more humble. They would notice there's a difference. It would be noticed at work, Lord, that people would say, there's something different about you. You are different. You're not the same. You don't act the same. You don't talk the same. You're not the same person you were. That it would be felt... Everywhere we go in this community, but mostly, Lord, it would be felt in our hearts. I believe, Lord, that there are some in this room today that can identify with that monkey. They have stuck their hand in the jar and they're holding on to something that they need to let go of and it is trapping them. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's greed, maybe it's pornography. Maybe it is pride, jealousy, unforgiveness, bitterness, something that is holding them and trapping them. And today, Lord, we pray that you would set the captive free. That that person, those people in this room or watching this, at this moment would say, I'm going to open my hands and let it go. And pull my hand out of the trap that I'm 
stuck in. Lord, from this moment on, we want to walk in your light, in your wisdom, following you in the love that you provide. Thank you for meeting with us today, Lord, and teaching us through your word. As we leave this place, help us to walk in a manner worthy of you to be light to this community that is hurting and perishing and needs you desperately. We thank you. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. The next sections that we're going to be getting into are going to start dealing with our relationships. We're going to look at those things. Thanks so much for checking out that message from Journey Church. We pray that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to this ministry, be sure to head over to journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right hand corner. Your generous contributions allow us to continue making content like this week after week. So thank you for your generosity so that we can keep spreading the message of Jesus Christ all over the internet. Hey, God bless you guys and thanks for listening to this message.